And uh, then we went over to Bill Street and we listened to Don, Big Don, Valentine, and his three-piece chicken and biscuit band. I think is what it's called. <laughs> uh, in one of those little, in one of the little juke joints there on Bill Street. Welcome to another trip down the Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. We would like to thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of the Bourbon Road. Find out more about their fine rustic furniture at logheadshomecenter.com. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Bourbon Road. My name is Jim Shannon. And I'm Mike Hyatt. And uh, this is a deconstruction of, of your last week of, of your life, right? Because you spent some time on the road. Yeah, I did a, uh, went down to see my son in Barksdale Air Force Base and um, kind of made a little southern distillery tour out of the whole thing. Now, how, how many miles did you do on this trip? 2,200 miles on my truck. 2,200 miles. Did, did Vivian do some of the driving? She did. She she did pretty good. Everybody don't know Vivian's my wife. She uh, she, she tagged along, obviously, to go see our son. Um, yeah. But she was a she was true champ. Went to the neighbor distillery with me, took photos, and uh, it, was a, it was a good trip for us. 33 hours in that pickup together. Um, you know, 33 hours in a truck together is a, with a, for a married couple. Yeah. That'll, <laughs> that'll make you or break you. <laughs> so how in the world did you convince her to stop at six distilleries? You know, I think after 20 years, she she knows me pretty well. And I'm, you know, when I have something said in my mind, I'm probably going to do it anyways. And, you know, it, we made, we had a good time out of it. Uh, you know, and it was kind of set up to where we didn't have nothing to do at the time or it was just on our way. Um, it, it was a good trip, you know, is uh, six distilleries. All together, it was going to turn out to be five, and then uh, we threw in an extra one in there in the mix, and then uh, you know it's just a good trip. Yeah, ten ten day trip, you know, and mainly focus was to go down New Orleans, have a couple of days down there in New Orleans on Bourbon Street for our listeners, you know, yeah. and then uh, head over and see our son. Yeah, a lot of good restaurants too, I guess. Oh my gosh, we we ate like kings and queens. Yeah, so I guess our plan here is to take these six distilleries and and of course you've got interviews at each of these six distilleries and so we're going to try and break this up into a two-part episode a, and a uh, christmas present for our listeners yeah part one and part two of, of mike's southern road trip i guess <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you brought back a lot of whiskey some some of these uh uh, some of these distilleries were generous enough to say, I know Jim couldn't be on the trip with you, so take him a bottle back. That was nice. Um, but I get to taste some of it with you, and we get to talk about it. So uh, so in this particular episode, we're going we're gonna to visit three different distilleries. We're going we're gonna to talk about uh, Old Dominic, uh, Rich Grain Distillery, okay. and 7-3 Distillery down in New Orleans. Um, and while we're doing that, we're going to sip on a little bit of the Rich Grain Distillery um, High Rye Bourbon. Okay, and this is they, not because this is a preferred pour or anything. It's just you and I need to pick one to, to sip on during the show, and this was just one we had handy. And, and Yeah, all, trust me, Jim, every bourbon that I drank or every whiskey I drank uh, on this trip was, you know, everybody's putting their love into it. And 
if it wasn't ready yet, when it is ready, it's going to be some good juice. Yeah. Well, tell me about what we've got in our glass right now. What are we drinking on? So right now we're drinking on a Rich Grain Distillery's High Rye Bourbon. Okay. Um, and he takes this and he'll sell it by itself, but he also takes and um, blends it with their weeded bourbon, which, you know, I love. And, right. and then you got this bottle right here. Um, and he, his, his standard bourbon is the, is a four grain. So give me the specifics on it. What's the mash bill on this? So it's 66% corn, 17% barley, and 17% rye. So not a real high rye. I mean, normally you think of a high rye, you think of something with, uh, you know, greater than 20 to 25% in it. Yeah. I always, in my mind, I'm always thinking like 30 over that 30%, like, like a Willet or something, you know, something super high and super spicy, but it is a rye bourbon. And what's the proof on it? It's 90 proof in the age. I, I want to say that he, these are two year olds. Okay. So this is a young bourbon, uh, and it, it is a rye bourbon, but you know, it's got a 17% barley in it too. That's a pretty high barley content. Yeah. And you can, you can, it's coming through the notes of that barley is definitely comes through. Well, let's check it out. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. I can get it on the nose. Definitely. That is a, uh, that's very, uh, scotch-like because it's definitely not peated of course i told you it's like old maysville to me is it's got that qualities of it and um is it malted malted rye too you know is that what's coming through it's definitely a malt whiskey uh feel to it yeah that's why i'm wondering you know they need that barley and that malted barley in there and everybody adds that but sometimes you get a little bit of malted rye in there too, and it kind of reminds me of that Maysville a lot. You're right. I mean, it's got that that floral, sweet, peachy up front to it. Oh yeah. And uh, but it's you can definitely pick up that malt. Yeah, I, I would say it it leans towards the kind of malt whiskey class. Definitely a bourbon. It's sixty. Would you say sixty one percent sixty? Sixty six percent corn. Sixty six percent corn. Yeah. And maybe the corn is hidden to me it's hidden a little bit in there, but it you can you can taste it. it's got that sweetness to it and still got that pepper on the back end for a rye, you know. So the nose on this is very delicate. It it oh it's definitely a younger juice. Oh yeah. You pick that up right away. I think it'll definitely mellow out as it gets a little bit older. I'm not getting a lot of oak on it. A little bit. But uh it is a little drying on the back of the palate, I thought. And uh, I do the fruit I pick up on. It's more of a kind of a peach or pear kind of, you know, light, delicate fruit. Sure. Um, I think it's good. Now, this is this is something that I could enjoy sipping on, understanding its age. But I know it's not your thing, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's why you got the bottle. <laughs> well, I mean, it's really sweet, though. I mean, it's very sweet up front. And usually when we mean you do that, we. If it's something's high weed, I usually get the bottle, and if we get a bottle, and if it's a rye, high rye, usually you get the bottle. We don't have to argue about it. That's that's a nice thing about both of us liking different stuff, I guess. Well, also, you know, we can appreciate something. So when a distillery puts something like this on the table in front of us, you know, it's in my wheelhouse. You know, I can I yeah. can I can appreciate this. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, I know you you prefer to have the wheats and and me a little bit more spiciness. Yeah, it's got a little spiciness on the back end. Yeah, this is, that was our second distillery. The the first distillery, uh, me and Viv, you know, we got. I'd worked a twelve hour shift, and then I slept a couple hours. And she, uh, I know she was eager to go. I knew she she really 
we both wanted to go on this trip. You know, some trips you're like, ah, you know, I could probably skip this, but we really wanted to go on this trip. So I got up and, uh, I wouldn't tell anybody to go try to do what I did, but I did. I, we got up and we drove straight to Memphis, Tennessee, uh, from here. It's about a five and a half hour, six hour drive. And, uh, Stopped at a liquor store on the way and got myself a uh, couple of little finds that I, that I, unicorns that I like to, to find. I found a T.W. Samuels blended whiskey, which I'd never seen before here in Kentucky. Um, and then I got a uh, single barrel of uh, 1792 down there. Um, we went out that night and ate a place called Flying Fish. It's a catfish, Texas catfish house there in Memphis. And uh, then we went over to Bill Street and we listened to Don, Big Don, Valentine, and his three-piece chicken and biscuit band, I think is what it's called, <laughs> uh, in one of those little in one of the little juke joints there on Bill Street. Um, and when I tell people about Bill Street and go, to go to Memphis, me and Vivian like to go into the smallest place possible there with brick walls and a little stage and uh, somebody's up there just with a guitar just belting away and they were they they were having a good time and uh they asked us hey do you got some songs you'd like it to, to for us to sing and i i like otis redding i really do like otis redding and i told them i'd like to hear some otis redding and man they they belted it out and uh, he didn't know too much of it but his dad was there and his dad knew otis redding and i appreciated that that his dad was like heck i'll sing that so he got up there and sang for me. Wow. Um, next morning, we got up and went over to uh, Old Dominic Distillery um, right off of Bill Street. First distillery on the trip. First one. Yeah. And uh, met with Alex Castle there. She is the master distiller now. Um, some surprising things about her. She's right right from here in Kentucky and down the road from me and you. She was from Baghdad. Oh, okay. Yeah, not too far away. No, that's that's here in Shelby County. Yeah. Um, and she was the distillery supervisor over at Wild Turkey. Wow. Okay. So, so she knows what she's doing. She definitely knows what she's doing. Yeah. Um, she was the first female master distiller, head distiller in Tennessee. And now there's three women uh master distillers in Tennessee. But uh she uh she showed me around her their uh, distillery. Um pretty cool distillery they got a gigantic sign you can't miss on the top of the roof that says old dominic with this giant rooster um and the neat thing is there's another great place in memphis to eat is uh gus's world famous fried chicken and they're right across the street she told me that's the chicken district um so you know i'd say hey if you're in memphis tennessee and uh you're waiting for bill street to liven up you know Go on down there to the distillery, get yourself some fried chicken, drink some whiskey, drink some bourbon. Um, it's, it's pretty good. So uh, you did an interview while you were there. Yeah. Uh, let's let's hear it. Let's do it. All right. Hey, this is Big Chief from the Bourbon Road, and we're here at Old Dominic Distillery in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and I'm with Alex, the master distiller. Um are you the you're the only female master distiller in Tennessee? I was the first female head distiller in the state, uh, but now there are, I believe, three of us that have the title of master distiller. That's awesome. 
So yeah. you can tell the progression from the 1800s to huge, today. Huge progression. Um, and especially in Tennessee, it all happened within the last uh, less than five years. Oh. So let's get straight to the whiskey. Um, let's do it. What, what do you got for me today? So this is a tasting of our um, two-year-old Tennessee whiskey. Uh, so we started producing our estate-produced whiskey back in December of 2016. Um, filled the first barrel February of 2017. And so this is one of those barrels. Um, and we like to have it on the tasting. We don't sell it, but we like to have it on the tasting so that when people come by, they can see exactly what it is we're doing. And it, where's, is this your guys' stuff? This is, you're, this is you're making juice. this right here. Yep. Okay. Let's, let's taste it. Cheers. It. Cheers. Young, but still it's a, you can tell it's a dang sure of whiskey. It's, it's getting there. I would put that right up against some other Tennessee whiskeys out there. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, when was the, when was the distillery founded? So the brand itself was founded back in 1866 by our founder, Dominico. Uh, unfortunately, it did not survive prohibition, but the family business continued through it. And finally, back in, I believe, 2013, the current president, Chris Canale Jr., decided to bring that brand back um, and start up what is now Old Dominic Distillery. And you guys, what, what do you produce here t- today? Today, we now produce two different vodkas. We have a flavored bourbon as well as three um, whiskey mash bills and also about to do a gin. And then you you have a bourbon that's contracted out. Contracted yes. Steel. So we decided back in 2014 that we needed some juice for our flavored bourbon. And so we took our recipe, our yeast and our barrels up to Indiana where everybody knows and uh, had them produce our first round of whiskey. There's nothing wrong with that. I think you got to keep the lights on somehow, right? You do. You got to pay the bills. You got to be able yeah. to pay for the equipment that's out there. And then you'll be whiskey poor. Now, what kind of steels do you, you have here? So we've got two different systems, um, but everything was produced by Vendome in Louisville. Um, so we have what we call our whiskey system, which is a 26 foot tall um, column and a small 60 gallon uh, doubler. And then we also have our gin system, which is a 250 gallon pot still that is also paired with a 22 foot tall column. Seems like Ben domes everywhere these days. I think they make like 98% of the steels in America. I'm not right surprised. Now. They're the best. They're easy to work with, but they're also incredibly gifted at what they do. And they're also beautiful pieces of art when you really look at a steel, oh, they're right? Stunning. All that copper. Yeah. They're beautiful. Yeah. You can't go wrong with that. Our friend uh, Gina over there, she's she'll she'll buy all that copper and stuff. So it's always nice to see a friend uh, <laughs> that's that's it her her product is actually here in the steel. Oh, she or, probably can't go anywhere without seeing something that she Yeah. actually helped buy and make. So I noticed that uh in the distillery, you guys use a charcoal filter for this. As a Tennessee whiskey. We do. And what, how did you guys decide to, let's call it Tennessee whiskey? How did you guys decide that? Just because we're in Tennessee or? I, that's really what it was, is we knew we wanted what you would consider a traditional bourbon, but also being based in Tennessee, we wanted something that we could actually call Tennessee whiskey. And per state definitions, you have to put it through that sugar maple charcoal. Yeah. So what, uh, we're, we're right here in your distillery. We're probably... Two or three hundred yards from yep. a Mississippi River, right? Yeah, yeah. And we're far. probably about a, a block from Bill Street. Yes, perfect location. <laughs> and what fits better to Bill Street than some Tennessee whiskey and some uh, 
just a distillery. Go right? hand in hand. I can just walk the cases down to the bars. Yeah. Do they? Are you in the most of those bars there? Yes. Yes. And which states are you currently located in? So we are all of Tennessee, Mississippi, Missouri, Georgia, uh, New York, California, Wyoming. Feel like I'm missing a couple others there. You can't get across the river into Arkansas. <laughs> uh, we are in Arkansas. That's the other <laughs> <right>. I forgot. <laughs> we keep adding states so quickly. I can't keep up with all of them. Um, and we've got plans to go into, I believe it's seven or eight more markets next year. All right, that's that's pretty. And what about future projects? Are you guys? planning on different products to put out there? Right now, our main focus really is getting ready for our state-produced whiskey to be released. So we're looking at either late 2021 or early 2022 for that. Um, so we're just focused on figuring out what that looks like. All right. So you brought me a, you got me a second pour here. What's that second pour? That's actually just more of the two-year-old Tennessee whiskey. You look like you, you need get, it more. You, man, well, it is like 930 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and we were out on Bill Street last night. <laughs> but let me let me try this. She I think she saw that uh she's like, this guy's named Big Chief. He can handle it. <laughs> you do. You look like you need two pours. It's fine. <laughs> well, Alex, I, I want to say thanks for letting us come in here and yeah, talk to you real quick and by. uh being part of this episode. Um and we really appreciate it. Um where can our listeners find you on uh, social media? So you can find the distillery on Facebook and Instagram at Old Dominic Distillery. And you can also actually follow me at Memphis Distiller on Instagram. All right. So listeners, if you're down in Memphis, Tennessee, and you're down on Bill Street and you're looking to kill some time in the middle of the day when everything's not ha happening there on Bill Street, come on down to the distillery. Um, look for Alex. Um I'm buy, always floating around somewhere. Buy some of their products uh, for people that don't drink bourbon. They've they've got other products out there. We won't we won't name those, uh, but they do got some bourbon. Stop on stop on the the bourbon road and get yourself some of this old Dominic whiskey. You won't be disappointed. And I'll see you down the bourbon road. Well, Mike, that was a great interview. I really enjoyed it. She sounds like uh, she really knows her stuff. She does, and they're they're going they're going to go places. I think, and uh, they'll definitely be on a map there in Tennessee. So, as as our listeners are visiting Tennessee on their weekend getaways, that's that's a good place to go to. Oh no, there's no doubt. If you want to hear some blues music, eat some great food, and and a great distillery right on the Mississippi River. I mean, yeah. how much better can you get than that? So, who's next on our list? Are you moving on down the road, right? So, so me and Vivian jumped in the truck and, you know, I had another interview set up. So, we drove another three hours down uh, the road towards New Orleans and uh, we stopped right outside of Jackson, Mississippi at a small town of Canton, Mississippi. Um, Known for Brother Wowthow was filmed there. And yeah. I think about 10 other movies have been filmed there. Just a quaint southern little town uh, with a, you know, a square and a beautiful courthouse. Um, I guess if you saw a picture of that courthouse in a square, a lot of people would recognize that from the movies, right? I think they would. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Rich Grain Distillery is there. And that's what we're drinking today. We are. David, yeah. David Rich, their master distiller, he invited us in. He didn't have a lot of time for us that day. Uh, he had not a charity event he was going to and you know he's helping out his community so how could i say hey i need more time from you i was i was glad that the time we got from him i, I loved it all right well let's listen to uh, your interview with rich grain all right mm -hmm.
Hey, this is Big Chief from uh, the Bourbon Road, and you know we headed all down I-55 from Memphis, and we made it to Canton, Mississippi, and we uh, were in uh, Rich Grain Distilling here, and I'm with David Rich, the founder, master distiller, owner. You're everything, right? Sure, that's right. Uh, so, uh, David, what do we what do we got for me today, man? So, uh, we're Rich Grain Distilling. We uh, we're definitely a craft distillery, real small company. Uh, right now, we just distribute in the state of Mississippi. Um, and kind of what makes our uh, product special or unique uh, and of interest to the listeners today is this. We make the first bourbon ever made in Mississippi. Um, we make a few different recipes. We have a uh, weeded mash bill. We also have a high rye mash bill. Um uh, so we make a few different bourbons, and uh, we're going to sample those and kind of talk about them. So, so um, prohibition didn't really end in Mississippi until 1966. That's correct. Yeah, Mississippi was actually the first state in the country to enact prohibition, and the very last state to repeal it. Um, uh, Mississippi actually enacted prohibition in 1908, well before uh, federal prohibition. Um, and then in 1966, Mississippi repealed it. Um, but even at that point, they didn't make alcohol legal everywhere. They made it a local option. So it's up to each individual county on whether they want to allow alcohol sales or not. Uh, as it stands, there are 82 counties in the state of Mississippi. 59 of them are wet. 23 are still dry. Uh, we're in wet county, um, obviously having a distillery here. So there's still a good portion of the state that's dry. So Mississippi has kind of a unique history. Um, we are one of five uh, active distilleries in the state. Uh, there's five distilleries in Mississippi. We're all pretty small. And we opened about four years ago, 2015. And uh, what makes us unique is we make the first bourbon made in the state. And that's what our listeners are, are excited about, right? So you don't source any of your products. You make it all in-house. That's, that's correct. Yeah. Well, when I started, uh, I got into this business just as an enthusiast, like a lot of the listeners probably are. Uh, love to try and taste different whiskeys. And uh, my previous background was as a mechanical engineer. So I like to tinker and make and decided uh, it'd be a fun thing to open a distillery and, and make it myself. So that's what I did. Uh, built uh, all my production equipment. I've got uh, two different stills. I have a 300 gallon uh, pot batch still and also have a continuous stripping column. Um, we double distill our whiskey. Uh, we mash, ferment, distill on the grain. Um, we double distill our whiskey in a batch process. Um, and like I said, we make two different mash bills, uh, one with 17% rye, one with 17% wheat. Uh, we age those separately. Um, we uh, then take barrels of each, combine them together, and uh, bottle it that way. Uh, our barrels... Uh, we use a combination of different size barrels. We have some that are 15 gallons, some that are 30 gallons, some that are 53. Uh, they all have a number three char. Uh, they age different amounts of time. Uh, our barrel house is not climate controlled, so it goes through all the different uh, seasonal fluctuations here in Mississippi. And I'd say definitely our really humid climate and uh, hot weather down here. Uh, plays a role in aging that may be different than some other locations. So you put us out a, a, a couple of samples here. 
So you got a white liquor here. Yeah. So I poured five samples here. Uh, we make a lot of different things. Our flagship product is our bourbon, but we also make some rums. I, I do some vodkas and some other things, uh, contract distilled for some other companies. So what I've poured is a white rum, a spiced rum, uh, and then three different bourbons. Uh, the first bourbon is going to be the high rye mash bill. All right. That so one we, right there. We, well, sip on that for a second. So that is uh, 66% corn, 17% barley, and 17% rye. Uh, so you should be able to taste the rye in that one. It should have a good black pepper spiciness yeah, to it. Sure does. It's that. It's got a sweet caramel taste to it. Mm-hmm. Almost marsh marshmallows, I'd say, but caramel. Mm-hmm. Um, but that spice is definitely there. That, yeah. that burn is there. So yeah, this one of all of our bourbons, I would you know steer people if you're making old fashions or cocktails, that would be the one I would pick. Uh, the next bourbon that we have on the tasting is our uh, 17% wheat mash bill. 66% corn, uh, 17% barley, and then 17% wheat. So this one should be softer, sweeter, uh, more in, you know, stylistically wise, closer to like a maker's mark type type of thing. So be, those be people that say they don't drink weeded bourbons, but they'll drink pappies, this is what they're going to be drinking. Yeah, that's right. That's but right. I think but this is a good, good uh, starter bourbon for someone well, exactly yeah if, if people aren't uh you know big bourbon drinkers i'd probably you know steer them to that one first before they graduated to something else i see some uh maybe some persimmons in that maybe a little bit um great taste to it still got that mm-hmm. sweetness to it uh, and then the final one is uh basically just barrels of those two combined together um yeah it's different each bottling run to another we kind of do seasonal releases um where we'll take oh you know a handful of barrels um that that we think are ready combine them together and uh do that bottling run and then we'll do like a christmas release a summer release spring release that type of kind of a the traditional bourbon releases back in the day was they would do a fall and they would do a spring right that's that's traditional and what's the age statement on these? So these, the three that you've tried are our two-year versions, and these came out of 15-gallon barrels. Uh, like I said, we have some other stuff that's aging uh, longer in some different size barrels. we got some in 30s. we got some in 53s, and those will come off at different times. And in, so future production, are you going to go with some older bourbons down the road? Oh, yeah. I mean, our deal is we started four years ago. The first uh, two years we were in business, we weren't selling um, – any bourbon, we were just doing our unaged spirits, our rums, and that type of thing um, until you know we had gotten some inventory built up, and then uh, released our first bourbon. But uh, our deal, we're just trying to grow and meet the demand, you know, here locally in Mississippi, and then kind of expand uh, our footprint from there. So you're not outside of the state of Mississippi, but, but hopefully, eventually, that's where you're going to get yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Our next states probably to go after this would be. Uh, Louisiana and Tennessee, probably New Orleans and Memphis markets. But for our listeners, you do ship. Yeah, we'll ship. If you live in a state where uh, it's allowed to be shipped in, you can uh, go to our website, uh, www.richdistilling, with an I-N-G, dot com. Uh, find an email address there, phone number there, contact us, and uh, we'll take an order. We can get you set up and, and ship you some. And I noticed you got some, like, gift set boxes of all three of so that people want to get some different varieties yeah. and get a different um, variety. So, you know, you're a collector. There's a lot of people I know who we've 
sold a lot of stuff over the phone to people that way, people who are trying to get a bourbon made in every single state, you know, for example. Well, we're pretty much it for Mississippi <laughs> for your collection. Uh, we do have a little three-bottle gift set that has our high rye mash bill, our weeded mash bill, and then the uh, bourbon that's a combination of both. All right. So what? Uh, where can our listeners find you on social media? Uh, we are Facebook, Instagram, uh, at Rich Grain Distilling Co. on both of those. Um, we got a website www.richdistilling.com, and uh, I don't tweet. So, no, no, <laughs> so Canton. Um, if people don't know, it was in the movie. Um, They've filmed a lot of movies here. Uh, Canton is located basically smack dab right in the center middle of uh, Mississippi, right in the middle of the state, uh, along basically the Illinois Central Railroad, kind of coming right down the middle of the state, and um, along I-55, so uh, about halfway from Memphis to New Orleans is where we're located. So a great place to stop off um, on a trip and grab some food and yeah grab some bourbon yeah and so we've got this you know sort of picturesque southern town square that has been a backdrop for a lot of movies they filmed uh matthew mcconaughey movie here a time to kill that was based on the john grisham book they filmed uh oh brother where art thou with uh george clooney that's the Cohen Brothers, and that's one of my favorites. So they filmed a lot of movies here. Um, and right now we're kind of gearing up for Christmas. Uh, the square is really decorated with all the Christmas lights, and a lot of people from the central Mississippi area come to Canton uh, for Christmas. Well, that's awesome. I appreciate you, you sitting down with us today and let us stop by real quick on our uh, on our road trip here, and, and especially getting you out there as a craft distiller, somebody that doesn't source their stuff, somebody that's putting that, that pride and effort into their into their craft you are the american dream of what people think i think anyways i appreciate that um and uh we appreciate you putting out a great product i think all three of your whiskeys while they're still young i i think they taste great and they got a lot of potential and i I can't wait to see what you do in the future well thank you i appreciate that uh hey once again it's big chief and i'll see you on down to bourbon road Well, Mike, that was a great interview. It sounds like you're doing it good in the South, huh? Yeah, they're finally on the map with some bourbon in Mississippi. Uh, you know, a neat thing about Mississippi is they are the last state to repeal prohibition, which was in 1966. Oh, boy, did they have a long dry spell. And then they still had dry counties after that. So, yeah. you know, they're still trying to catch up to to everyone else. Um, and that, that kind of shocked me a little bit, but it didn't because I knew we were in a Bible Belt. Yeah. You know, well, Mike, uh, let's go ahead and take a break now and uh, we'll keep sipping on this rich grain. And when we get back, uh, you can tell us about the third stop on your trip. All right, let's do it. We would like to thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of the Bourbon Road. Logheads Home Center, nestled in the hills of Kentucky, is an industry leader in building handcrafted rustic furniture. Family owned and operated, they take pride in offering only the very best for their customers. The Logheads, and that's what they like to call themselves, are skilled woodcrafters who are passionate about creating rustic furniture for people who appreciate the beauty of natural wood. Owners Tommy and Gwen don't just sell the rustic lifestyle, they live it. And you can be sure that Logheads Furniture will always be handcrafted in Kentucky by artisans who embrace the simple way of life. 
Loghead's rustic furniture is made from northern white cedar, a sustainable wood that's naturally rot and termite resistant. Its beauty and quality will add warmth to your earthy lifestyle for generations to come. Be sure to check out everything they have to offer at logheadshomecenter.com. And while you're at it, give Tommy and Gwen a shout on Facebook or Instagram at Logheads Home Center. And Mike, where did you go after Rich Grain? Well, we jumped back in that red pickup and we headed on down to Bourbon Road, headed down to New Orleans. And uh, me and Viv, you know, we really wanted to go to New Orleans this time. Viv had never been in New Orleans. So you took the Bourbon Road to Bourbon Street? Pretty much. <laughs> uh, we stayed, uh, she changed her hotel reservations on us. Usually we stay in a in a, the, a Marriott or a Hilton or something like that. And she, she felt like she wanted to stay down in the French Quarter. So we're, she gave me the directions. She didn't tell me anything about it. And we pulled down into the French Quarter. And I was like, oh, man, here we go. <laughs> um, we pulled into the hotel, and I was shocked. We stayed at the Hotel St. Marie, which is just is a half a block off of Bourbon Street, right there in the French French Quarter. And, man, I, did I love it. Um, so if you're in – you're going to New Orleans, Hotel St. Marie there in the French Quarter, it is uh, – renovated it has balconies that overlook the street there like just any hotel in the french quarter has um and it has balconies out the rooms into their gardens and stuff they have a pool um, valet parking there Uh, they got a little nice bar and restaurant attached to there which we'll talk about later on um in the next in part two of this um but yeah went down to bourbon street and had a good time so did you go to felix's and eat some oysters i we didn't go to felix's uh we went to acme oyster house and we had some oysters there uh we went to the gumbo shop um had some etouffee some gumbo some jambalaya uh, my niece actually lives in uh, hammond louisiana which is just um north of new orleans and uh she came down and met us and you know we went up and down bill street or uh not bill street bourbon street a couple times and you can't you can't go wrong on bourbon street there's if you're a bourbon drinker you got to go to you got to go to bourbon street yeah so cafe dumond right yeah and the next morning we got up and went over to cafe dumond uh, before our interview and uh, had a beignet, and I had some of the chicory coffee they have there, and something else. Yeah, I I was more in love with the coffee myself uh, than the beignets. The beignets to me, I don't know. I I, I was kind of disappointed. It was a fried donut with a whole bunch of. I, I, I'd say they put a pound of powdered sugar on there. It's just something you do when you're down there, you know. Yeah, but that coffee is special. It is, and I think that place has uh, been open continuously since 1862. I mean, that's. It. That's said something. That coffee to me was like legit. As uh, you know, I'm a history buff, and I I kind of know why they did the chicory and stuff. You know, soldiers were drinking coffee was in a shortage, um, so they added that chicory, and it kind of had that same flavor profile. Um, so they added it to it, and you know those those guys just started drinking it. Yeah. So uh, so tell us about where you went. So we. We, after we finished with Cafe uh, Dumont, we went over to 7-3 Distilling there in New Orleans. It's two or three blocks off the French Quarter, and we took an Uber over there. And uh, 
Seven three is for there's seventy three neighborhoods in New Orleans. Oh, is that what it's from? That's what it's all about. I I I didn't know that there were seventy three neighborhoods. And and another interesting thing about the distillery is every one of their products is named for a neighborhood there. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So their bourbon, their bourbon they're going to be coming out with in two thousand twenty is going to be called Bywater Bourbon. I didn't I don't know if I really like that, but it it ties in with a the neighborhood theme. So. Um, yeah, and we met with the Eric Morningstar there, the, their uh, head distiller. Um, great guy. Showed us around their distillery. Um, their bourbon isn't being bottled yet, um, but he went ahead and got old Whiskey Thief out and stole some whiskey from the barrel for us, and we, we sat down at their bar and we sampled it. All right. Sounds good. Well, Mike, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing this interview. Let's let's listen. Let's listen to it. Hey, this is Big Chief, and we're moved on down the Bourbon Road today, and we're in New Orleans, Louisiana, right downtown, and we're at Seven Three Distilling, um, and I'm here with Eric Morningstar, their head distiller. Eric, thanks for having us in. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, thanks for thanks for stopping by. Yeah, we we uh, we love this kind of stuff. Stopping by craft distilleries and. Um, just a road trip for me and my wife getting on down the road. Jim's back in, uh, in Kentucky doing his thing, recording some other people, but I always want to stop by distillers, um, especially craft distillers and get your name out there, get your product out there. Let our listeners know, Hey, if they're in new Orleans, there's actually a distillery here that's making some bourbon that you're fixing to release in January, right? Uh, well, not, not quite. It's the, the first barrels will be, we'll hit two years in January. Um, I think it's coming along really, really well, but I'm, I'm very cagey about actually putting Where an actual put release, release date on there yeah. until, until we actually release it. So when it's ready, it's ready. And um, it's just, it's just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a subjective thing. It's like art, you know, you, you don't know, you don't know it's done or exactly when you're finished until, until actually it is. So you actually took us back there. We, you took the bung out of the barrel, Yep. got the whiskey thief and, and got us a couple glasses here and, and a pour us some of the whiskey, and I'm excited because it's a weeded bourbon. As our listeners know, old Big Chief's a sissy, and he likes that weeded bourbon. But uh, I'm excited to taste it. So if you we can tell tell me a little bit of something yeah, about so it. Yeah, I'll, so I'll I'll go through the whole process. So the um, the bourbon, uh, like said, like you said, is, is a weeded bourbon. Um, actually, using um, a uh, I went full 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 weed on it, so it's actually um, obviously it's bourbon, so it's corn. Uh, but instead of using a traditional barley malt, we used a weeded malt, a malted wheat, um, and so it's a, it's extra extra weedy. <laughs> hey, that, that sounds but, good. Uh, but it's there. It's aged in, um, in you know traditional traditional fifty three gallon barrels. We're not we're not you know uh, going the small small format route. I just I think it just yields a better uh, better product. I should say better. It just yields yields a more traditional product that people are expected. You know that people expect that flavor from bourbon, and I think that's what. You know, it takes extra time. We're in Louisiana. Things age a little quicker because of the heat and the humidity. Um, it's more receptive, so you can see it's got it's got a pretty dark color. This is actually uh, a couple months shy of two years, so it's not quite you know, quite quite a straight bourbon. It's still got that caramel, though. Oh yeah, no, it's it's very 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 dark, and that that comes from like I said, primarily heat. They're also lower char level, so it's um, you're not you're going to get. Uh, not quite as much of that smoke and that, that caramel. Um, it's going to be a little bit, a little fruitier. It's definitely, but, uh, definitely looks beautiful. I mean, it's starting to get that nice whiskey color to it okay. and stuff. And I, I mean, I've seen older whiskeys in Kentucky that don't even have that nice caramel right. color to it. So, uh, 
Well, it's tasty. Yeah, cheers. cheers. Definitely sweet. Um, <laughs> definitely sweet. Um, yeah. it, it still a little bit young. I think you, have, you know. You, oh yeah, that's, it's got, it's got I understand that that you're 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 probably watching it quite. Oh closely. yeah, quite closely. I mean, it, it's always nice when people come in and get to get to take it out and and uh, and, and try it. So. But it's it's a lower entry proof, so it's not it's not the traditional. What well, I say traditional, we're not putting it at the max, on, you know, which is 126. Um, we're, we're we're dropping it down uh, closer to sort of a pre-prohibition uh, proof, where it's around around 100 proof um, entry, entry entry proof into the barrel, which just kind of balances it out, um, and you you kind of get a little more, like I said, more of the. So more of the fruit notes, you're, you're pulling evenly from uh, from the barrel in terms of the uh, water-soluble compounds and the alcohol-soluble compounds. So it, it's, it ends up with a with sort of a, uh, a little bit of a heavier mouthfeel. Uh, and also, we're going to be adding less water when we actually take it down to, to bottle-proof. So we're, we're going to maintain more of that flavor. You're getting that more pure whiskey. Yeah. Well, it's, it's you're going to proof it down to 92, is it? Uh, I, think, on, I think on the, on the website we just we just picked the number. Okay. Um, so when it, when it's when it, when the time comes and we're ready to go um, and we get rid of that, you know, the, the graininess is completely completely gone because um, I feel like there's still a, a hint of a hint of the uh, the corn in there, which is is the, is the first first sign that we you know we, we've reached the, the the tipping point where we're going to consider releasing it is when that when that corn really just settles down. Now the uh, name of this is going to be uh, Bywater. That's correct. And so the name of the, the distillery is Seven Three, which is for seventy three neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So um, we've got you know it's a, we're we're pretty pretty old city down here, and there's there's a lot of history, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of pride that people take in their neighborhoods. You know, the neighborhoods really really mean a lot, and where, where what part of town you're from? If you're from uptown, or if you're from further downtown, which is where the Bywater is, or if you're you know uh, in mid city. There's all these little enclaves, and they all have their own different different cultures um, historically and you know currently. So um, the uh, the owner has a, has a uh, a uh, affinity for alliteration, so Bywater Bourbon kind of fits together. Um, well, there's a, there's a few other ones that we have where uh, it fits that it fits that profile. But you know, it's the Bywater was a uh, a major. Um, uh, in a uh, port, basically, so it's where the, the railroads uh, came up to the river. So we, all the goods coming down the river would uh, then be loaded on onto to rail cars and be moved. You know, um, so well, that's pretty country. fitting because a lot of bourbon came down yeah. that river, right? Yeah, this, so Bywater is a neighborhood right on the Mississippi yeah. River, and and bourbon somewhat got its fame from being delivered down to New Orleans for people to drink and being shipped out to the world from up in Kentucky down the Ohio. Oh yeah, sometimes from the uh, Kentucky River to the Ohio down to Mississippi and. And so forth. So that's that's a no, that's a, a little bit of history. It is, yeah. It is, it is the, you know, one of the claims on where the where the name came from was, you know, obviously uh, New Orleans and Bourbon Street and and uh, the connection with the the French and the, and the Spanish, yeah. the House of Bourbon. So uh, we, since we're since we're in New Orleans, we'll, we'll claim it and say it's ours. <laughs> it's where the well, name I think from. that's not nice that you guys are have bourbon. Um, you do have some other uh, spirits for for. People that don't like bourbon. What else do you have? Yeah, we we have a full range of spirits. We um, we have uh, vodka, vodka gin. Uh, we have a, an unaged rice whiskey, uh, which is sort of we call our, our, our moonshine. Uh, we have a barrel reserve gin, so we're, we're aging our gin 
in brand new uh, oak barrels, same barrels that we're using to age our, uh, our bourbon in. So it gives it a really nice color, uh, sort of gives us, you know, kind of um, turn some of the, the, those gin notes into some more Christmas, some more kind of allspice notes are really kind of fun. Um, we also have uh, our experimental line that we're calling Treme Alchemy, which is the neighborhood that we're in, which is, you know, sort of the birthplace of jazz and, and sort of the, the parts of uh, culture that makes New Orleans, New Orleans. And so we're, we're kind of embracing some of that spirit of experimentation. And we're, we're uh, actually released a couple experimental rice whiskeys. So Louisiana has, has a lot of, uh, is one of the few states that actually produces rice. That would be and, like and their, their native grain here, right? Yeah, it, is, it isn't quite native, um, but it, we're one of the few states that have produced it um, historically since the 1700s. Um, so we, we thought we'd, we'd take that and, and turn that into a whiskey and been playing around with it. Like I said, there's, there, it isn't, isn't like a bourbon where you've got a lot of rules that you have to follow. It has to be a certain percentage of corn. You have to age it in new American oak barrels. We can kind of do whatever we want with it. Um, you know, if we've got some, some used, used whiskey barrels, um, used rye barrels, you know, different, different types of whiskeys. And, uh, it's, it's just been fun to play around with. And that's available only in our tasting room. So it's, you know, limited release one, one or two barrels at a time. Uh, whatever, whatever we have. All right. So, and so, then we also have, um, I should say, uh, our other whiskey, which was designed to get us out um, uh, before we had in-house aged spirits, is our Irish Channel whiskey, which is named after the Irish Channel neighborhood, which is a little further uptown. And to embrace embrace the history of the city, it's kind of a, a, a nice concept where we're actually importing Irish whiskey. The Irish Channel had a lot of Irish immigrants, uh, that's the name. And uh, we're blending that with an American uh, corn whiskey. And then it's getting finished in a 25-year-old or several 25-year-old uh, cognac casks. So it's a relatively quick turnaround. You know, it isn't, you know, we don't have to wait two plus years for, sure. it, for it to age, but it's about a six-month process to make. So it's uh, it's definitely, um, you know, making it uh, making it difficult on ourselves rather than just sourcing a product and, and turning it around. But you had um, to keep the light. You got to keep lights on and get the doors open. Right? Yeah, so you exactly. Have to have some products to sell. Yeah, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and having and having a, a an aged product is is important. I think you know when people come in, you know they they there's there's obviously a good group of people that that want something aged. They want a brown spirit, and and that was a way around it. And it's an it's an amazing spirit. It's really it's really been fun to make. And that one's won. I mean, a lot of our spirits have won awards, but that one won best in show, best in class at the American Distilling Institute. Um, uh, awards last year. Now you you're not native to New Orleans, though, right? No, I'm not. No, I'm from the north, so I'm originally from from the uh, Detroit area. Um, my family's connected with the automotive industry, and uh, eventually made my way up north. Started working for a smaller a smaller distillery, even further further in the north, uh, around the Traverse City area, and you know that was sort of where I found found my calling, so to speak. And uh, eventually got connected with, through friends, another distillery in Detroit, where I was able to work with um, Dave Pickerel from uh, Maker's Mark fame, who's you know, passed away this, this past year, uh, unfortunately. And he was your mentor? Then? And he was our, yeah, our mentor at, at, uh, at Two James in Detroit there. Uh, and we uh, eventually, my wife and I decided to, to make a move. We were pregnant. We were kind of we realized that our time time was short. It was like, well, if we're, we're going to do something, do something you crazy. Do we got to do it right? now. Yeah. Uh, and the opportunity arose to, to come down here and and uh, and start this place from from scratch, pretty much. How'd that conversation uh, come about? Like, they just call you up and say, "Hey." Uh, no, actually, I, we were just 
looking around um, on a couple different uh, postings, uh, job posting sites, uh, industry sites, and this this had you know the the listing for this popped up, and we're like, hmm, it's interesting. Let's let's just let's just check it out and see, and see what happens. And one thing led to another, and we're about seven months pregnant and we're like, let's, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a scary thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, pregnant. You, you move down, let's move to new Orleans. And yeah. Become a, a distiller. Well, definitely to me, I can tell you're a distiller cause you know, you're not, you, not to say you're dirty looking guy, but <laughs> well, no, I'm, you, know, I'm, you, I'm, you look like you've been working. So to <laughs> me, that mean, that means you're, you know, you can show up the front door in a pair of uh, a suit and tie. No, and no, no. It's definitely, definitely not, definitely not the style. Um, this is my, my distiller's tuxedo, you know, dirty shirt and some <laughs> jeans. Um, but I know it's, it's, I, I like, I like that aspect of the work. I like, I like getting my hands dirty. Um, you know, people always ask about my background and I, I, you know, I don't have a chemistry background. I have an arts background and I, I definitely come from, from the perspective, uh, of an artist. You know, I like, I like the creative process. I like, I just like process in, in general. Um, you know, and I think there's something, there's something, magical about barrel aging and spirits is you know there's something a little a little mysterious i mean we we know how it works but there's no guarantee what you're going to get you know when on the other side when the barrel you know after the barrel aging is is, is finished or we decide that it's finished some barrels are very very different than others and and um like i said there's there's little choices that can be made along the way to kind of well i think whiskey making or uh your distilling spirits that is a art it's a art form you know even a baker is an artist, um, and you know how close can you get to being a baker than being a distiller? You're using the same grain, yeah. right? And it's still somewhat of a, a science, but you're still there's an art to it. You know, being able to taste that whiskey when it comes out of the barrel and saying, "Hey, is it ready? Is it not ready? Um, what's the taste on it? How's that mouthfeel? Yeah. How's it nose? Because uh, you don't want something that that smells like dirt. You know, you want something <laughs> that you want something that smells pleasing to your nose, and then it's pleasing to your palate. Yeah. That, that's definitely your whiskey right here. It's still sweet. <laughs> it might be the second sweetest sweet bourbon I've had. <laughs> well, yeah. good, good and bad. Depends, depends on your perspective. No, I mean, you know, we're like, some, you know, obviously we're in New Orleans and, and uh, in general, I'd say the city has a sweet tooth. You know, there's, you know, we got, uh, well, that's what we, we stopped out <laughs> by uh, Cafe du Monde and had some beignets and some, some of their hickory or chicory coffee yeah. um, this morning. So I, I out comes these beignets and they just it's like coated a, in powdered sugar. Yeah, at least at least a quarter pound of powdered sugar. Yeah. So, so we're definitely trying to do the, the New Orleans thing. So whenever you uh, in the future, you know this is your first bourbon and it's a weeded bourbon. Uh, what other uh, bourbons or whiskeys are you going to put out? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, um, I definitely have a have an inclination to to produce a rye. I mean, I think it kind of kind of it fits with the history of the city and the and the you know. The cocktail culture, sure. Sazerac, which is you know a rye-based cocktail, or well, historically cognac-based, but eventually became a rye-based cocktail. So I'd like to, I'd like to experiment and, and you know, not to say experiment. I've made a lot of rye, but <laughs> in the past, but um, but I, I definitely like to change it up and, and you know have have a nice counterpoint to, to this, this very rich, sweet bourbon, a uh, weeded bourbon, and have something that's that's got some more spice to it. Yeah, I think most companies, most distillers are going to have their they're, they're, well, not everybody has a weeded bourbon, and I got to commend you for, for having a weeded bourbon. Or your owner, I, I, you know, to me, uh, whenever you have a weeded bourbon, you have a rye bourbon, and then you have a rye whiskey, it seems like you've, 
you've hit all three good areas. Yeah, you're all three types of whiskey drinkers. Um, but it seems to me you're even with rice, the rice whiskey. Um, and I told you before, I think to me, when I think of rice whiskey, I think of uh, like Korea or Vietnam yeah. or Japan. Is what well, I think we, of. so when, when we uh, thought about making the, the rice whiskey, we definitely, you know, it's, it's not just a hundred percent rice. There's, there's a good amount of malted barley in there. And that kind of gives it more of a, Sort of an American flair, or you know, a, a tradition, more traditional what we think of traditional uh, American whiskey. Having that that malt in there really, really kind of rounds it out, so it isn't just pure rice. Um, but you know, that's it. There's a lot of rice in there, and it really does it does lend itself to some some interesting cocktails. Um, there's actually a local company that's making a uh, using some of their bitters. They're actually uh, promoting a. a uh, brandy milk punch variation, except with the, with the rice whiskey, which is kind of fun because you have those cereal, the, the rice that cereal grain really comes through and uh, plays well with the with the uh, the milk. So, um, uh, where can our listeners find you on social media? Uh, yeah, you can definitely go to our website. Um, it's seven three distilling dot com, all spelled out. S e v e n t h r e d i s t l i n g dot com. Um, but we're on Instagram. Um, and uh, and Facebook pretty regularly. We, we we post quite a quite a bit about what we're doing, and obviously when the bourbon is is ready and we're we're going to release it, uh, we'll we'll make sure we let everybody know. Uh, and we're we're slowly expanding into, into different markets and different uh, different states right now. We're just we're in Louisiana. We've got some little inroads in in uh, the Chicago area, DC. So you know we're we're slowly making our way out to the world. Well, I thank thank you for uh, letting us come in today and sit down with you and open it up your distillery beef and some whiskey from a barrel i i mean i think that's that's like the most awesome the tr- most traditional way to get some whiskey right there is <laughs> is from a from a barrel and uh we appreciate it. i'm looking forward to see you st- your uh, products out there um hopefully our listeners you, you know you're down in new orleans stop by here um grab some whiskey they got a nice tasting room bar back here uh, with their other products and stuff um it's not that far down from the French Quarter. Uh, great places to stay. Um, they have a great gift shop here uh, that you can get some uh, Glen Cairns at. Some of their whiskey. Uh, they got T-shirts and stuff to say, "Hey, I was I was at Seven Three Distilling." And uh, I'll see you on down at Bourbon Road. Our next stop will be in Texas, so that's the next time you'll hear from us. Mike, it's been a while since I was in New Orleans. Sounds like you guys had a really good time down there. And uh, I might like to try some of their Irish whiskey. You know, I've I've got a little bit of a affinity towards Irish. I like it a lot. Yeah, they, in t- I guess until their bourbon's ready, you know, that's what they have to offer people is is their uh, Irish Channel, which which is another neighborhood there. Yeah, um, Irish whiskey. It's an Irish American blended whiskey, um, but it, I still think people should go over there and see them. I mean, it's a nice break from from Bourbon Street, you know. And, if you're walking around the French Quarter in the morning, uh, there's not a whole lot going on on Bourbon Street. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we've gotten through three of your distilleries of a six distillery tour. So we're halfway through. This is probably as good as place as any for us to go ahead and uh, call it an episode. Yeah. And part A, I guess. And then uh, we come back next week. We'll have three more distilleries. Well, it was only supposed to be two. Uh, yeah. And I just happened to. Uh, run into a guy in our bar in our hotel and me and him started talking and um 
everybody should listen to that because you're going to get to hear about an American hero. Yeah. Um, something you don't hear every day or um, just to me, the gift of gab opened do- opens doors. Yeah. Uh, so I think people want to listen in and, uh, you know, hear the hear the ending of this entire story. All right. Well, Mike, let's uh, let's keep sipping on our rich grain high rye here and uh, we'll shut her down and we'll see everybody next week. All right. All right. appreciate all of our listeners and we'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day to hang out with us here on the bourbon road we hope you enjoyed today's show and if so we would appreciate if you'd subscribe and rate us a five star with a review on itunes make sure you follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at the bourbon road that way you'll be kept in the loop on all the bourbon road happenings you can also visit our website at thebourbonroad.com to read our blog listen to the show or reach out to us directly We always welcome comments or suggestions. And if you have an idea for a particular guest or topic, be sure to let us know. And again, thanks for hanging out with us. 